It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Galatians 5 verse 1「Freedom in Christ is shared by Pastor Mark Falk. Galatians 5, 1-2, The Yoke It is for freedom that Christ has set me free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. NIV 1984 It is a daily struggle for many serious Christians, including the one uh, speaking this devotion. Each day I must strive to serve God, to put to death the old man with daily contrition and repentance, and still not find my life centered in the law, but in grace and forgiveness, in short, centered in Christ. I have not mastered this skill. Luther warns that anyone who thinks he or she has done so is fooling himself. To rightly divide law and gospel in preaching is a lifelong task of learning and practicing and self-correcting. To do so in my own heart is a life and death struggle against Satan himself. But it is an essential struggle that we learn uh, to fight, for heaven lies in the balance. We cannot excuse sin, we must fight it, confess it, turn from it, but then let the freedom of Christ, freedom from the threats of the law, freedom from life dominated by what we must do, freedom that rejoices in what He has done for us, let this freedom rule in our hearts. It is the very water of life. Among the Galatians, the issue was one that does not trouble the ordinary Christian today. To circumcise or not to circumcise is purely a medical and personal decision. Most parents, I would guess, say yes to circumcision. Some say no but not so in first century Galatia, Asia Minor. Here circumcision was was the focal point of this question. Must Gentile Christians quote-unquote live Jewish to be saved? Paul, the Jewish apostle to the Gentiles, said no. The false apostles troubling Galatia said yes. And to say that there is anything more needed than simple faith in the doing and dying of the Messiah of Jesus, the Christ of God, is to deny, to deny Christ. Our souls are incapable of sitting on that fence between salvation by works and salvation by the works of Christ. Faith holds on to the works of Christ. Faith confesses, sometimes in tears, that our works have once again fallen short. Law helps us to see these sins. But the yoke of the law will not save us. For you non-farmer folks, a yoke is the means by which an animal is connected to a plow or a wagon or piece of machinery, and sometimes a yoke connects one animal to another. At one point, Jesus told his followers to take my yoke upon you, 
For his yoke is a yoke, not of burden, but of forgiveness. Out of the peace of forgiveness, the true life of a Christian flows. Up next we have How to Be Free by the Spark and Echo Band. from our captors We were like those who dreamed Our mouths were filled with laughter Our tongues with songs of joy Then it was said among the nations Oh Lord, you've things for them. You have done great things for us, and we are filled with joy.
God's Word for You is shared by Pastor Timothy Smith. God's Word for You, Job 20, verses 20 to 29, first reading down to 23. Remember that this is Job's friend Zophar speaking. Surely he will have no respite from his craving. He cannot save himself by his treasure. Nothing is left for him to devour. His prosperity will not endure. In the midst of his plenty, distress will overtake him. The full force of misery will come upon him. When he has filled his belly, God will vent his burning anger against him and rain down his blows on him. Now these verses restate what Zophar said earlier in chapter 20, that the wicked could fill his belly today but would be overtaken by hunger later. Zophar's words are about the present world, however. And they don't reflect the truth that could be expressed in very similar terms, like Jesus did in the parable of the rich fool at Luke 12. Jesus presented the idea of the fool storing up uh, treasure in his lifetime, but forgetting to look to the condition of his soul toward the resurrection. God said to him, Jesus taught, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. Verses 24 and 25, Zophar says, Though he flees from an iron weapon, a bronze-tipped arrow pierces him. He pulls it out of his back, the gleaming point out of his liver. Zophar's idea about avoiding one weapon only to be wounded by another was also used in the prophet Amos as a warning about the destruction of Israel and the final destruction of Judgment Day. Amos says in, in chapter 5, That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion only to be met by a bear, as though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall only to have a snake bite him. Although Zophar's intention is misguided, his words can remind us of the truth expressed by Amos. Judgment Day is a very real event. The wicked will have no hope on that day, no hope at all. We continue with the end of 25 down to 27. Terrors will come over him. Total darkness lies in wait for his treasures. A fire unfanned will consume him and devour what is left in his tent. The heavens will expose his guilt. The earth will rise up against him. Now, Zophar's argument here is a classic rhetorical device called a syllogism, where X always happens to A, X is happening to B, and therefore B must be somewhere in group A. Now, Zophar's syllogism is this, and see if you can pick out the flaw. A, the wicked suffer. B, Job is suffering. C, therefore Job is wicked. What this syllogism fails to take into account is that A A is, first of all, false for two reasons, as we saw in the opening chapters, and, and C is itself actually false. As Job pointed out many times, the wicked do not always suffer in this lifetime. And it's simply not true that only the wicked suffer. Therefore, Job does not need to be part of the wicked, even though Job is suffering. 28 to 29. A flood will carry off his house. Rushing waters on the day of God's wrath, such as the fate God allows to the, allots to the wicked, the heritage appointed for them by God. Another one of Jesus' parables picks up Zophar's words here. Jesus told the story of the house built on the rock in Matthew 7 to illustrate the way we hear God's word and put it into practice in our lives. Someone who hears God's word and doesn't put it into practice is like a foolish man, Jesus said, who built his house on sand. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. These final words of Zophar, he never speaks again in the book, they should not be wrestled into false doctrine. God does not destine some people for eternal damnation. Just because Zophar seems to say it doesn't make it the truth. We've seen this again and again throughout Job. What scripture tells us is that we are saved from our sins by the grace of God. And those who are condemned are condemned because they have turned away from God or because their parents chose not to share the gospel with them. A strong warning to parents who decide to let their children discover religion on their own. Thank God that the gospel of forgiveness has come to you. Whether you've known about it from infancy like Timothy or whether you've come to faith at the 11th hour like the thief thief on the cross, you're saved by God's grace through the blood of Jesus shed for you. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's word for you. Moment with the Master is shared by Pastor Aaron Nitz. The portion of God's word for this moment with the Master is from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 8 and 9. And it reads, The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. So what's left to do on your list? Do you have preparations to make? Do you have things to do? Do you have a house to clean for for company? It seems that uh, um, it's always holidays that kind of bring about not only a feeling of joy and excitement, but also busyness and fatigue and stress. See, the devil loves to get us all caught up with busyness at special times of the year like Christmas or Easter or Lent, get us all caught up that we miss out on God's messages to us at those times. Well, in this passage, God pictures the coming peace that God would bring for his people by sending Jesus. A child playing near a poisonous snake is horrifying to us because of the imminent possibility of a tragic death for the child. But in the kingdom of God, that God was going to establish with the birth of Jesus, fear itself would be defeated, even the fear of death. Why? Because that child in in Bethlehem came to conquer our fears by going to a cross on Good Friday, by rising on Easter Sunday morning to forgive our sins and free us from the fear of our sins. So that child in Bethlehem came also to rise from the dead and free us even from the fear of death. And knowing that is peace. So in the midst of of frenziness and stress, ponder once again the miracle of God's grace in giving us such peace so clearly seen at Christmas and Easter and always. I'm resting in God's peace, and so are you. God's blessings to you. We'll close today with a song by Chris Dreisbach, Free at Last. Every life there's a little rain We all have heartaches We've all known pain There's a greater hurt And it runs deep Just being human Without God's Free at last, I'm free at last 
known for my future, not my past. It's the gift of God, this faith I have, and I'm thankful. The fear of death and the dread of hell were like a chorus in my head. I knew them well, 'cause I couldn't guess if I'd burn or fly, or there'd be nothing when I die. At last, I'm free at last. Known for my future, not my past. It's the gift of God, this peace I have, and I'm so thankful. I'm free at last. To light, no more accusations wake me in the night. When I was lost in sin, He bought me with a price. Now I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. Guides my life with a gentle hand. Instead of chaos, I see His plan. And if I suffer here, it can't compare to the glory waiting for me there. I'm free at last, known for my future, not my past. It's the gift of God, this faith I have, and I'm so thankful. Free at last, and I'm thankful. You have been listening to Cane and Bound podcast, episode number sixty-seven. This podcast was first shared in May of twenty fourteen. For more information about the artist featured and how you can support them, visit caneandboundpodcast dot com. We encourage you to visit a Wells Ministry location nearest you. Visit wells dot net. Thanks for listening.